Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Representatives of the hospitality industry are literally uh, walking in right about now to government buildings, to the Department of the Taoiseach, to talk about... um, an ESRI investigation which last week essentially found that around 30% there or thereabouts of hospitality venues, so that would include pubs, restaurants, late bars, nightclubs, all of that, that they weren't actually, according to members of the public who responded to this survey, that they were not uh, being asked for COVID certs and therefore there was an element of non-compliance with the COVID protocols that has allowed for the reopening of the hospitality sector and we hope continues to do so. This morning, Minister Michael McGrath said that any premises that isn't complying with the rules doesn't deserve to remain open. Uh, Cases of the virus hovering around about 3,000 a day, a little over 3,000 most days in the past 14 days or thereabouts. And there have been calls from you know, the medics involved particularly, but also members of government for us to rein in our own social activities, not see as many people, maybe as we may have planned to do. And of course, all of this is against a backdrop of an underlying worry, I suppose, that, you know, we're heading towards Christmas again. You know, we don't want Groundhog Day. Absolutely, we have a really high vaccination rate. We have the highest vaccination rate in all of the European Union. But... You know, things are looking shaky. Uh, If you just heard that news bulletin there, you know, the Irish Patients Association are saying that the overcrowding situation in hospitals now, not just because of COVID, but because of everybody else who's turning up and is finally maybe being processed through the system after having to wait. Uh, you know, we're now, at a, at a, according to the Irish Patients Association, at a, at a crisis point. We had the highest number of daily admissions in the past 24 hours. That's 81. And the figures of COVID patients in hospital are now at the highest they have been since March of this year, which was when we first started to see that wave that we got over Christmas and into January and February this year starting to peter out. So what does it mean for the hospitality sector? And what does it mean for us, for the punters who want to go out? We want to have a pint. We want to go for dinner. We hopefully want to be able to catch up with family and friends here. I'm joined on the line uh, by Ian Redmond, who's owner of Tramline Nightclub in Dublin. Ian, thanks very much for joining us today. I know that you've you've spoken to Niall in the past about, about all of these incidences. What do you expect you will be hearing today from industry representatives once they have this meeting in, in the Taoiseach's office? Hi Tara, and thanks for having us on. Um, we're, we're concerned, Tara, because... Um you know, uh, we've been closed. We're 590 days closed. We're open about 16, 17, 17 days now. And we've had an opportunity to rebuild our business. Tramline is now on the map. Um, uh, a cohort of 18 to 23-year-olds have been coming in their droves to Tramline. And it's been excellent. Uh, what we're really, really worried about is uh, them shutting us down again. And we don't think that will be fair on us. Every single customer that's come into Tramline over the last 16, 17 nights has been COVID ID checked, ID checked, and their ticket uh, from Eventbrite checked. So there's three forms of ID that have been used to to make sure that that person has been doubly vaccinated. You know, so we are doing our part in our venue, and I agree, there are places, bars, restaurants, cafes that aren't doing their job right. So that that's really, really disturbing to us that um, venues are allowing that to happen. You know, people have invested so much in their businesses and their livelihoods. And, uh, you know, we've been through 19 months of hell. Uh, 
um, we just want to stay back working. We're happy to be back working. Um, people are out enjoying themselves. They've had two years of their lives wiped out, this cohort of 18 to 21-year-olds, in terms of their socialising, in terms of their first and second years in college. Um, so, yeah, we're really concerned, and we just, we just, uh, uh, we just hope that some sense prevails and uh, uh, that, that they do allow us to stay open. And, do you, uh, we're, do you we're accept, do you, sorry, Ian, do, do you accept, though, that if, if we're having a situation where industry representatives are being called into the Department of the Taoiseach today, that there is a problem somewhere? There is a problem somewhere. You know, this ESRI study and, you know, I heard Adrian Cummins from the Restaurant Association this morning essentially kind of, you know, questioning the veracity of that ESRI survey that was done. But obviously this is members of the public that are being asked where they were, if they were in venues and were they being checked. And 30, 30, between 30 and 37 percent were saying no. Yeah, well, I, I agree that that that. that, that that survey, I, I, I'm not doubting the accuracy of it at all, and I agree, it, it, it's absolutely terrible and I myself have gone into some venues and I haven't been asked properly, I've been asked, oh, just give your name and number, mm-hmm. you know so, and I go, no, here's my, I'd rather you check my my uh, my COVID ID and just, and I've, I've actually walked out of one where I didn't feel safe you know, uh, at all, because it just it didn't look like any sort of checks had, had been taken place so it is, it is happening, it is happening, and um, I just urge operators just to just uh, to show some sense and just you know get their staff to check these IDs. You know, at the weekend, the health minister Stephen Donnelly kind of flagged the possibility that there could be more checks um, and faster enforcement enforcement decisions if measures don't improve. Do you see, as somebody in the industry, that there's any room for that? Yeah, absolutely. There needs to be more bodies on the streets and uh, checking. We've had the HSA, HSA visit us. We've had Gardaí visit us, and they're happy, uh, you know. And you know, they're doing it both in uniform. And uh, I, I suppose uh, the HSA staff uh, would identify themselves to us afterwards once they once they've done the checks. So we're happy with those checks okay. because um, we believe we're one hundred percent compliant. Uh, so um, we just urge other operators, other publicans, uh, to to do the same. And what do you say to those other operators? And we, you know, you, you've been into them. I've been into them. I've been into a few of them. I have a family member who was at a nightclub literally within days or two of uh, of the of the late night sector reopening again. And it was, you know, an, an event for, for younger people, shall I say that. It was a specific event. Um, and there were two queues, uh, so I was told, two queues, one that checked COVID vaccines, one that checked antigen tests, and the results weren't properly being scrutinised. Now, that's a big venue that had a large number of people at a private function, albeit, but it was in the nightclub. They were hiring the nightclub for the night. So I presume, therefore, they have to be subjected to the same rules and regulations as the rest of you, whether it's private hire or not. You know, this is happening, and it's happening quite wide scale. Yeah, no, absolutely. Everyone has to. Everyone has to be subject to the same uh, checks and balances. They can't have one rule for one and one rule for the other. We've we've signed up to these guidelines uh, as operators, as publicans. You know, our, our licenses are granted by the courts each year, and we we we, we have a duty of care to our customers to protect them. So uh, we just we just need people, uh, operators, just to, uh, just to show some sense now and just band together and do what's best for the industry. Are you fearful that this could lead to another shutdown? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely could. So we uh, we just have to think 
positively about it and uh, just hope that the, the government and the ministers uh, make, make the right decisions for our industry and for the sanity of, of, the sanity of, of the, the, our customers, you know, because uh, to take another extended lockdown um, would just be so damaging um, to our customers and to our business. I'm, you know, obviously we're going to be throwing this out to the audience. We want to hear their experiences of where they've been and what they've seen and whether they feel safe or not, whether they feel, you know, that, that they can, they, they feel comfortable that we're going to be able to kind of, you know, have a good time coming up to Christmas. God, we all deserve it after last year, both the people who are running the industry and those of us who want to avail of it. But what would you say to customers then if they're in venues where they're seeing things that they don't like? Should they be reporting it to an industry body? Should they be reporting it to official channels in the HSA? Should they be getting up and voting with their feet and walking out? What advice would you give to the punters? Well, I, I, I would say, I would say, once you follow the guidelines and do your to your best endeavours, and if you see anything, yeah, absolutely report it. But you know, um, uh, we, we've experienced like out of nine hundred to a thousand people coming to our nightclub uh, a night, we've experienced maybe two to three a night arriving up without the the, the COVID passport, and they're told, "Sorry, um, we we, uh, we can't let you in." So, uh, you know, that's our experience. All I can do is talk about our experience as an mm-hmm. operator, and uh, we're rigid in that and steadfast that we won't let anybody in without, without that, uh, uh, that that that. That QR code, and we scan it off the phone, and unless they get get the, the details, yeah. So, um, yeah, anyone anyone who who isn't, you know, so anyone who gets into our venue, into Tramline, they have been checked that they are double vaccinated. So, I want to just give our customers some reassurance mm-hmm. that if they're if they're in our venue, every single other person in the venue has been has been has been COVID ID checked. Is there room for testing as well, Ian? In your experience, do you think that it would be possible? I mean, we've heard throughout this that we should have opened much earlier because, for example, other countries like Germany and the Netherlands and France were testing people at venues. They were carrying out COVID uh, tests. They were d- uh, delivering antigen tests, or there were centres like in town, for example, or in the town centre where you could go and have a quick antigen test and an hour later then could get access to the venue. Is there room for that? Yeah, the only way I think antigen tests would be working would be as, an, as another level of safety is that if, if the government were to provide free antigen testing for the population for the next six months, and then if people were to, you know, before you come out, have an antigen test with you and present that along with your COVID ID, along with your, your, your government ID and along with your ticket. So that before checks and balances, I don't believe us setting up a triage tent outside mm. our venue on Delir Street uh, that that will work. It's just not Manageable. You know, I went to I went to the test event in Kilmainham during the summer, and while it was fantastic to go to get to the first outdoor gig in Ireland in a year over a year, um, uh, it was amazing. But it involved going at eleven uh, thirty that morning to the barracks um, uh, and getting tested. You know, six hours before the event, hanging around town for the day. Yeah. And yes, if while it was worthwhile to go to a live concert in the summer and see some fabulous entertainment, it was a test event. Yeah. Uh, long, long term, that kind of level of scrutiny can't work, uh, even in the short term. For one-offs, yes, uh, but no, it, it can't work. We can't be responsible for handing out uh, antigen tests and testing. It's just, it's not manageable. Okay. 
I want to ask you quickly, Ian, about uh, we, we saw news reports yesterday about uh, fake COVID certs being available online. Now, I mean, one of the reports I read said that there were fake uh, Irish COVID vaccine passports available to purchase on the dark web for €350. Euro. Personally, I've heard of people who were picking them up in certain parts of Dublin for 30 quid. Have you had any experience of that? And how... How do you, I mean, I appreciate that you are looking at a photo ID and and venues are supposed to be looking at a photo ID and scanning the cert. Do you have any concerns about uh, that there could be wide scale use and abuse of fake COVID certs? Like everything, there's fake everything in life. There's fake concert tickets, there's fake driver's licenses. We all had a pint before our 18th birthday and got into nightclubs and discos back in the day that we shouldn't have because of fake ID yeah. too. If, if your mate had a laminating machine, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, we are concerned about that. But, you know, um, uh, we, we've been checking passport and government IDs for years now and they've got to a level and a standard that, um, uh, the, you know, there, there aren't... Uh, there aren't uh, those fake documents uh, in the hands of uh, kind of our kind of customers or clientele. So we're not concerned at all about uh, uh, the validity of our customers coming to our venue. I can't speak about other venues. Uh, our security, our PRSA trained, and they know what to look for. They know how to spot a fake. Our management know how to spot a fake. You know, I think... Um, you know, a, a, a driver's license, a provisional license, a passport, are um, uh, that's where you're required to get into our venue together with your, your your COVID ID because we are checking age as well because we're a young person venue. You sure. know, it's it, it's not like we're uh, um, so uh, so everyone is questioned on their age coming in, so it, it, it does have to tally up with, with the with with the, the ticket name and the um, and the uh, COVID uh, passport. So. We are led to believe that what's going to happen at today's meeting is that essentially the hospitality industry and uh, bar and um, sector is going to be told to up their game. Where's the sweet spot, do you think, Ian? I mean, you've got the experience of being a punter and going into other venues and also running your own venue. Where's What can realistically be achieved that will keep the sector open, ensure that compliance is rigorous and, uh, uh, and is as best as it can be? And we're not going to be having more raps on the knuckles or worries or concerns that the sector or individual venues are going to be closed. Uh, well, well, I think the threat, the threat has to be imposed on uh, the real threat on the operators uh, of operating venues, bars, cafes, restaurants, and nightclubs that, uh, you know, it's one strike and you're out. Uh, Every single person needs to be checked, you know, because one person getting in, carrying the the virus uh, could uh, affect a thousand people and uh, that has multiplier effects as as we've seen. So it just, it's it's just... uh, it's just for operators now to, to tell you they have to take it seriously you know you know as serious as you take taking someone for their age you know but they, 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 this is life and death you know this virus is killing people you know so um they, they just need to be more sensible if it was any other virus if, if, if it was uh, a serious virus that, that kills people you know the you know but there's there an, an air of complacency has set into our you know which we just need to eradicate yeah. Okay. Ian Redmond uh, from Tramline, thanks very much for joining us on the Nile Boylan Show on Ireland's Classic Hits today. 
What have you seen when you've been out and about? Have you been in venues, restaurants, pubs where you've kind of thought, "Uh uh-uh, I don't really feel safe here? Do you, are you fed up with having to be asked for ID and and to check your your COVID vaccine search? Would you do, as Ian Redmond says, he has done and he advises people to do, to get up and to walk away? Get in touch with the programme. We want to hear from you. 087-188-0008. Jack, you're welcome to the Nile Boylan Show. You've been out socialising. What are you finding in your experience? Um, I would genuinely say that uh, it's it's a lot more than thirty or thirty seven percent of cases are not checking properly. Um, I would have said since the opening, I've been in, in it at least fifty premises, um, not one of them, and I would wholeheartedly say not one of them has checked me properly. In that Sorry, did you, Jack? Did you say did you say fifty premises? Yes. And you say not one of them. Not one has actually checked me correctly in that they have asked for my um, COVID cert and my ID. Many, many, many have asked for my COVID cert, Mm -hmm. but not one of them has asked for both. Okay. And obviously I don't want to go I don't want to go naming individual venues. I certainly wouldn't name anyone. I don't think it's fair on anybody. And so you've Um, walked into fifty in your estimation. Have you walked out of fifty because of it? I have walked out of every single one of them that didn't ask me for my COVID cert. And I would say out of the fifty, at least thirty did not ask me for my COVID cert. I spent I spent a week travelling down the west coast of Ireland. We ate in the same restaurant three nights okay. because nobody else asked for. It's the only place that I felt safe. And it's not, it's not purely down to that. I am a person that follows and likes to follow rules and regulations. And some people will say I'm stupid and some people will say I'm silly. But I also look at the other side of it is I wholeheartedly feel so sorry for the businesses like Ian's mm. that follow the rules and then you have the place down the road that don't. It's costing them a lot less not to have to do it. And it's the likes of those places that are going to cause another lockdown for that whole industry. Well, here's hoping that's not the case. And certainly the end. I know. But Jack, I mean, you know, the government even and, you know, even even those voices and those dissenting voices aren't saying we need to lock down again. What they're doing is advising people to be a little bit more personally responsible, not socialise with as many people. And obviously the industry have been called in today for that rap on the knuckles. Mm. I think it's going to be if you're found to be not doing things as you should be, then you face closure. You know, your individual premises face closure. And that's the one thing that I said in in the text when I rang in. They should be closed. Now, I'm not saying, you know, close them down for six months. Well, close them for a week the first time. Maybe over two weekends. Make it suffer in their pockets. I know it will make the staff suffer as well, but it will also make the staff think and check things properly. Mm. Do you, do, do you think that the um that, that 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 industry though that the hospitality industry is in a way being sort of unfairly targeted as in they're the ones who have to uh, who have to check all of the covid certs they have to ensure that they're checking people's IDs they're subject to these rigorous regulations while also at the same time making sure that people are age appropriate and by making sure for example that they're meeting food safety guidelines and all they're a very heavily regulated industry in the first place, 
what about people who are getting on a bus and it's really busy in the evening time and during the rush hour uh, and they don't have to show COVID certs and, and they're back at 100% full capacity. You have people sitting down and standing up, literally on top of each other. What about people who are going, I heard, you know, some people from the industry today complaining that they're being checked, made to check dot I's and cross T's. But hairdressers and barbers don't have to. And, you know, other places that you would have people convening in numbers don't have to. Are they being picked on a bit? Not necessarily. I mean, a big a big part of hairdressers, barbers, buses, places like that you're talking about. Certainly not hairdressers and barbers are not a necessity. Um, buses are a necessity. But the vast majority of people, all people... You know, eating out is not a necessity, no, but it's but something that vast, we like to do. But, but Tara, what I'm saying is the vast majority of people in those scenarios are wearing masks. They are not wearing masks in nightclubs, clubs and bars. Well, they are, they are. They are. They are essentially for for large portions of the time that they would be when they're seated at their own table. They don't have to wear a mask. Now, I know yeah. in a nightclub, apparently, you can dance without you can it. Do what which you seems, want in a nightclub. Yeah, I know. But even, but, but, but in, even, even in like, there are still a lot of bars that are not supposed to have people sitting at their bar counter that have people sitting at their bar counters. There are people in bars walking around. They're not wearing masks. Or the old chestnut of wearing masks, but they're under their nose. Well, there you go. Jack's walked into 50, he says, and he's walked out of 50 because they haven't been properly checking your COVID certs and your ID. Where do you stand on this? Do you think that the industry, the, the, uh, the, the hospitality industry is being unfairly targeted in this? Are you somebody who, like Jack, votes with your feet? Or are you quite happy to just sit down and get on with having your pint and having your meal? Let us know. 087188 is where you'll get us on WhatsApp. The phone number 1850 Then I'll boil and show with Hyundai Dundrum, Dublin's newest Hyundai dealer. Visit HyundaiDundrum.ie. Come and see the all of the Hyundai range at Hyundai Dundrum. Tara Duggan in for Nile Boylan today. Uh, the industry representatives from the hospitality sector in the Department of the Tishak as we speak, having a discussion about fears of non-compliance with the COVID regulations that they are legally subjected to. An ESRI study last weekend uh, showing that somewhere between 30 and 37% of people who'd responded said they had not been asked for COVID certs and identification and that they had seen non-compliance with the industry guidelines. We're asking you, have you seen it? What's your view of it? Have you gotten up and walked out like Jack did? Do you think, actually, I feel safer in a restaurant even if they're not um, asking me for my COVID ID than I do sitting on a train or in other settings? Uh, You know, other businesses are are not being subjected to some of the same types of regulations as the hospitality sector. John, thanks for joining us on the Nile Boylan Show. What's your experience? Have you been out and about? Have you seen much? non-compliance? Uh, actually, I have, Tara. Um, like, we were, I was talking to your researcher there. We were in Castlebar there two weeks ago and, you know, for night out, there was 10 of us and not one of us was asked for the pass going in. Like, and we were, I was parked outside the door and several other people went in, you know, and it's not just that day. It's just, even, like, my, my own local, like, there's a joke what's happened, you know. I haven't been asked for a pass once. And what have you done? Have you gone in and sat down and had a pint in your own local? And again, John, I want to stress no names. We're not naming no, and shaming no, I know that, yes. no, I, 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 would, I just wouldn't go into it. You know, because I've seen videos of, you know, what's happening in, 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 the, in, in my local. I, even I was in a chipper last night and three lads walked in behind me with no mask on. 
Right, okay. And, and so, and I mean, did you say something? Did you say I anything said to your man behind the counter. I said, there's three lads there have no masks on and he just looked at me. Yeah, okay. So do you get a sense that there is a general, I mean, Ian Redmond from Tramline at the start of the show was saying that he gets a sense that there, in his own experience of being out and about, there's a bit of a slippage. I think so, yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't actually hear that now because I was, I was, I was driving. No, because like, I, I, test, I tested positive there a couple of weeks because I, I'm, I'm vaccinated. But it's a trace back, contact trace until I let someone that was unvaccinated. And I give it to my father and, and my sister and my sister gave it to her young lad. And he's married to a Polish girl and they were meant to be going to home for two years. And two days before they were due to fly out, they had to cancel because they got it. Okay, so you've had your first-hand experiences literally rife through your family. Oh, yeah, I passed it on. My father's 90 years of age, like, and, and my sister, I give it to her, and she gave it to her young lad, and um, he gave it to her, his two kids and the wife, and literally two days before they fly out to Poland for holidays, uh, they had to cancel it. So when you're touched with it yourself, I suppose, you know, close at hand, and particularly if it's your 90-year father, you're obviously going to have, I mean, you know, you've got various sides of the debate about the nature of this disease and, and precisely how threatening and, and dangerous it is. But but certainly one of the biggest threats is age. You know, a 90-year-old and, and passing it on and knowing that you have that on, on your conscience, so to speak, you're bound to be extremely concerned. Oh, of course I am. Uh, you know, like he's 90 years now, he's fit, like, but, you know, 90 years of age, like, the people younger than him dying from it, you know. Like, I, I'm double vaccinated, like, and I, I picked it up, and it was from, like, they were able to trace it back into someone that wasn't vaccinated. Yeah. I, again, I mean, it's not a vaccinated, unvaccinated debate that we're, ha- we're having, John, per se, because you know, there, are, there are people who choose not to be vaccinated and that's their absolute right and entitlement. There are people who can't be vaccinated. And oh, for like them, that. you know, they're in many cases in, in an horrific situation. Do you think, though, about, do, I mean, do you think that, that the, the publicans and the industry are are being unfairly targeted. You know, we're not seeing other sectors. And I mean, I mentioned buses and that was my own personal experience. I happened to be on a bus. It was packed 100% capacity. There's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly allowable that it's 100% capacity. Yeah. I felt a lot more unsafe there. Although no one needs to check if anyone's vaccinated or not. And no one needs to keep an eye on, you know, on on numbers or behaviours that I have done in, you know, maybe a well-ventilated restaurant where they haven't just asked for a COVID vaccine on the way in. Yeah, you know, oh, you, I know. I, I, know. I you, wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me in the bus and uh, I, don't know, I, I don't know when I was in the bus. Uh, I know, it's just, like, it's up to people if they don't get vaccinated. But, um, you know, it, you know, as you know, like three and a half thousand cases a day, like, you know, uh, we're hitting for another lockdown, I think. Well, I don't know. I, 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 let's hope not, John. And certainly you has to, I have to repeat again, we're not hearing that from official sources. In fact, I think they're going every way out of their way to, to stress that we're not heading for an, a, another lockdown per se. Renee, welcome to the Nile Boylan Show. What, you, you're, you're working at the cold face of this. What are you seeing? Hello there, how are you? Um, yes, well, I, I don't agree with... I'd I, I like to just comment on what you were saying about the buses, right? Yeah. And it's actually a very good um, way to explain it. So you're allowed to go into a bus um, fully loaded, mm-hmm. or you're allowed to go into a supermarket, let's just say, 
any of the major supermarkets that have a special on, people can crowd into supermarkets or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're checking numbers in supermarkets. No. I mean, there used to be so many in, so many out. But, but personally, I haven't seen that for quite a while. No, and even during lockdown now, when the, some of the, I'm not going to mention the supermarkets now, mm-hmm. of course, but when they had these specials on in the middle aisle, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I went in there once and it was packed. You know, I'm, I, I'm not afraid of it. You know, I didn't comment on it or anything like that. Um, but why are we targeting the likes of uh, restaurants, you know, who are going to be, you're not going to be dancing around a restaurant. You're going to be seated at your table, you know. Um, You can work in the industry when you're not vaccinated. Yeah. um, And you're perfectly fine to be indoors with vaccinated people in a restaurant. Yeah, another one of the great contradictions of the whole thing. Absolutely. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Do you know what I mean? You can handle someone's drink. You can handle someone's food um, being unvaccinated, okay, but yes, you have to be vaccinated to go into a restaurant. Yeah. You know, um, you go into a nightclub, uh, you have to queue uh, at a distance, okay, like you're one and a half metres or whatever it may be. Um, but once you go indoors, you can scramble on the dance floor with your mask off. Mm. Now, it doesn't make any sense to me. So you're working in a restaurant, Renee. Yeah. What, what are you seeing? Are you generally finding that, that people in your industry are oh, being compliant? Are, are they worried? Good. Um, I wouldn't say they're worried, you know, um, because, I mean, a, a restaurant setting is completely different to a nightclub setting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, we have a, a nightclub down the road from us and they'll be packed on weekends. And so it should be, you know, fair enough. You know, I mean, they're doing their checks and whatever else. I'm not saying anything against them. Um, but, I mean, a restaurant, why do you need to be double vaccinated to go into it? Do you know what I mean? I just... It just baffles me, if you know what I mean, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it, the rules are the rules. And I suppose, that, you know, the, the difficulty that we're in today is, you know, you and I don't make the rules per se. But, no, uh, but, but, and unfortunately, because, I mean, we work, in the, uh, we work in the industry. So I can actually, the restaurant I'm in, I can actually go in there and work uh, a 12-hour shift. But if I come down as a, on my day off as a customer, I have to be vaccinated to be inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense you know are you fearful that we that you know certain certainly certain outlets are going to be facing closure do you think that will be enough I mean if you look if you know I drew the it's analogy the, I drew the analogy the, earlier Renee to you know the, the, the health and safety authority goes in uh, you know to check certain safety compliances way before COVID ever existed way before we ever knew about oh, absolutely, this yeah. you know the, you're, you're subject to to you know, fairly rigorous procedures anyway, as it is. Of course. Is is it too much to be asking you to do all of this? Is it impractical? Well, I, I, on a personal basis, yes, absolutely. Um, it's, I mean, it, well before COVID, we were sanitising tables down. Well before COVID, we were, you know, everything was had to be spotless, right? And as you mentioned, you know, we were regulated anyway, um, by the men- environmental health officers, you know. So if there was something obviously out of the ordinary, you know, they would shut you down or they would give you a warning or whichever, you know. We are complying anyway well before all this COVID co- kicked off, you know. Yeah, OK. Um, Martin, I want to bring you in as well. Where are you with this whole debate? Do you think it's, you know, we should we need to ensure that the restaurateurs and the people in the industry are absolutely rigorously uh, sticking to everything or is it all a bit of a nonsense? Well, apart from it all being a bit of a nonsense, I mean, you're talking about an industry that, um, you know, uh, its workers uh, are trained in food hygiene. 
it, it's it, you know it, it does everything and anything it can to to make sure it keeps its doors open with uh, such a huge regulatory body behind um, you know within inspections and everything else. So it's, it's a very very intensely regulated business already. So you know the people running these establishments are doing the very best they can, and obviously you know you've got a it's like a rabbit hole. You know you you can't corral people like the school teacher TDs that we have. You know that they think they can, you know, alter really basic behaviour. You know, if people if people are going to go into these places, don't want to go in because they don't see people wearing masks. That's their liberty to just walk out. You know, but you know, let these places try and earn, earn a crust after being shut for twenty odd months. You know, uh, and and I think it's just we're getting to the stage now where the government's got so used to laying down these, you know, idiot. Dictats that uh, you know it thinks it can really micromanage every aspect of life, and it, and it can't. So are they wrong? You know, should they just be leaving it now? The rules are the rules, and it should yeah. be up to the industry nearly to police it. And just if you, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you, if you as a customer are happy to go into a venue that you know is not complying by the rules as set out by the yeah. public health authorities then it's your on your own head be it is that the attitude do you think well, I, I, that the government think, and the authorities should be taking i think that's right because at the end of the day you know you cannot micromanage to the degree that they're trying to you know and and personal responsibility if they want people to have personal responsibility comes down to that level as well that if they don't feel there's compliance then then go, don't go to these places but, you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, we've now got a drug that keeps 89% of people out of ICU. We've got an actual virus that 98% of people actually recover from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're going down this lunacy yeah. of, 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 of micromanaging to a degree where it's becoming totally autocratic and, but, you but know, I, everybody's I, I, wrapped I, up I, thinking, I do think, though, Martin, that, you know, part of this obviously is about the nature of the virus and how damaging or otherwise it may be. But here's the thing. If you have the Irish Patients Association saying today that the overcrowding in hospitals because of this latest COVID surge is actually... It's dangerous. It's it's causing, they say, one death per day. That's just by overcrowding. The problem, ultimately, the one, the underlying problem here is the lack of capacity in the health system. Well, that is it. It comes down to the thing I've, I've thought about since day one. This government do not want to put any more public asset into the healthcare system, whether it's to deal with COVID or anything else. They don't want to put any more asset into the public health system because that will break the private model. Because if you, if you create another 150 or another 200 ICU beds in the system or even 1,000 ICU beds in the system, that means that the public are going to be reasonably well catered into the future when COVID's not around. So that will break the private model. And the only people that this government look after are the, the, the cronies in the lobbies. They're all... They're all um, you know, they're all backing. 
Okay, so, well, and, 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 and interesting, sorry, Martin, I'm, I'm out of time, I have to take an eye break, but, I, I, you know, an interesting aspect of it, I suppose, I, I, I don't know, I think certainly the mo- amount of money that's had to have been pumped in, they've had to find it from somewhere, it's been pumped into the health system. The issue is that it hasn't actually helped to deal with another surge capacity incident. Where are you on this? Are you happy to go out and have a pint in some place that you know is, is non-COVID compliant? Are, you know, is it a case that we all take personal responsibility now? If we want to go out and socialise with 10 or 15 or 20 people, if we want to go out and, and have a meal or go to a nightclub that hasn't checked our COVID cert, are you okay with that? Tara Duggan sitting in for Nile today on Ireland's classic hits. Inga, you have been out and about in Galway. Uh, what are you finding out there in the hospitality sector? Are people being very compliant or is it a bit, a bit lax at this stage? Well, it was just one day last month I was there, Tara, I was coming back from hospital appointment and I was starving because I had been on the bus for two and a half hours and I was facing that going home again. Mm. So I went into the takeaway. Okay, no names. <laughs> no names. I'd say everybody knows what I'm talking about though. And I went in, went up to the counter, my mask on, put my hand in my bag, gave her my card, had my hands on my COVID pass and I said, okay, I have this here now. So when she still wasn't asking for it, I went, do you want this? And yeah. she just looked She just looked through me like I was talking another language. Mm. So I thought, wow. So I found myself a little corner and I went and I sat and I watched. Yeah. The bit, the bit of food I got, I literally let it go cold because I was just people watching. Nobody was asked. Yeah, okay. And it's very unfair if there's one establishment that can't be bothered to do it when everybody else is following the rules and regulations because my other son works in the service industry and they did everything they were asked to do all during COVID and the whole way down the line. So for someone to get away with it when everybody else is breaking their neck to try and do it, it's not right. There's a lot of contradictions in it, Inga, and a number of people getting in touch with the programme today pointing out that, you know, hotels, you can go and you can book into a hotel for a night or three nights and you won't be asked for a COVID cert. And, it's ridiculous. You're, you're it should in. either be follow it across the board or let everybody do what they want. But there can't be rules for someone, not rules for the rest. It's just not right. It makes no sense. But do, So do you think, I mean, Martin was alluding it's time to just get on with it. Do you think that's what should be happening rather than, you know, the government calling in I think get on sectors? with it. You still have to do your mask wearing. I don't think that's going to leave us for a while. Mm. But I think at this stage, get on with it because you have people that won't be bothered. You have the other cheeky people that won't put a mask on. But you have employers that are like, yeah, I just want the money. Don't bother about that. Just take the money, whatever. You'll also have some who say that they don't want to be drawn into discriminating against people who are and aren't vaccinated for whatever reason. Well, it's unfair, though, isn't it, Tara? It's unfair in everybody else. That's gone out and got the vaccines, followed all the protocols, done everything right, stayed at home worn the mask, carry your COVID pass with you. It's just it's just not fair. Ah, but there are some people, Inga, who can't. You know, they have genuine medical reasons. There are yeah, some people who, who have though, crippling but fears. There's a lot of people that just can't be bothered. Yeah, there's a lot of people though that you know, and I mean, who who are who are you or I to 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 judge them? Because I mean, at the end of the day, they were locked out of having their lives as well. They couldn't go to pubs and restaurants or you know to to non-essential stores. Well, I went for like my surgery, Tara, and I actually because I didn't have a lift back, I came back on the bus wearing my mask with my throat bandaged up. Yeah, and I managed that for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So if I could manage that in the bus, why why can't somebody do what they're told when they're going in for the food? But some of the employers are just out, I think, to make up whatever money they've lost. I understand that. 
but don't put people's lives at risk doing it though. Yeah, I mean, there's some who'd say that, you know, at this stage with, with such a high vaccination rating and that it's not necessarily a, a case of, of um, you know, of, of so many lives at risk. I mean, certainly, you know, we have we have the vaccinations high now at this stage. Um, but thank you for your contribution to the programme today. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.